apprehend spirits that show anxiety. Take them out of here in the name of Yeshua. I bind impatience. Yeah, impatience, go now in the name of Jesus. And doubt, I bind doubt in the name of Jesus, go now. Holy Spirit, thank you for faith. Thank you for patience. Thank you for peace. Would you just start to fall in this room like snow, peace. Peace like snow in this room. I pray you would light on words. I just see like um, a scroll, you know, like a closed caption, words going across the screen, and like certain words he lights on for you. So, Lord, I just pray for each individual heart. You know where we're at. Light on words for us. Fill our hearts with your words. Fill our hearts with your words, Lord. Yeah, thank you for peace. Thank you for vision. Thank you for zeal. Thank you for forgiveness. Just where, the, where forgiveness is needed in this room. Let's just all open our hands. We all actually need a little bit of forgiveness right now. Let's just open our arms. He's going to put it right into our hearts. We gotta, you got to kind of like open your heart. And it's like a symbolic act or a prophetic act. So I just open my heart. Holy Spirit, just put forgiveness. Whatever, sprinkle us with the blood. Just make us clean. Ready to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. When you are invited to a wedding, this mic is so hot. Can somebody turn it down just a little bit? I don't know how you guys are living around here. These mics are hot. It's vibrating my head. When you're invited to a wedding, you know that you're invited to a wedding? You really are. Everybody's actually invited to this wedding. Many are called, few are chosen. When you're invited to a wedding, there's a certain way to come. There's a certain way to go, like a certain way to approach it, okay? So this is Luke 14, 7 to 11. Now, right now, I want you to picture in your mind the person that you think is doing the dumbest things right now. For real. I really want you to picture them. Like, who do you think is doing the dumbest things in your life right now? I want you to take them and put them aside. We're not talking about them today, okay? I want you to put yourself right in that place, okay? We're talking about you. We're talking about me, not the person you think is doing the dumbest things right now. We're talking about you, okay? Luke 14, 7 to 11. Try to hear yourself in this parable. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places. Now, they did not note that they were choosing the best places. They didn't think they were, though they were. No one ever thinks they do this stuff, but we all do it, okay? We all do it. He noted how they chose the best places. Even right now, he's looking at you. He's noting how you're preferring yourself over other people right now. He told me this this morning. He said, come and warn my friends, my friends and his friends. You're preferring yourself over other people right now, and he's going to cast you out if you don't stop, okay? When you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place. I'm going to say that one more time. When you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place. What's the lowest place? I mean, we are a small group. We can talk. What's the lowest place? Well, if you're invited to a wedding, what's the lowest place? It's in the back. It's the last table, right? It's the last table that gets called for the food. It's like you're back there with second cousin Joe and whoever else got invited at the last minute. And he says, take that seat. In, a, in church meetings, take that seat. In leadership meetings, take that seat. At work, take that seat. In your marriage, take that seat. That's what he's saying, for real. And he says, if you don't, I'll put you in that seat for sure, for sure. And it will be with shame and tears and weeping and gnashing of teeth, outer darkness, okay? So just picture outer darkness, like way at the edge of the meeting, way at the edge of the wedding, okay? You don't want that. He doesn't want that for you. He wants you close. And it came out in the worship today. Prophecy came out and said he wants you close, Give place this man. Then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. I know you. You're my friend. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be at the head table. But if you put yourself at the head table, he'll say, this, it's really a test. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a test where you put yourself in the wedding. Right now, it's a test. Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. Now, do you know that God wants to glorify you in the midst of your friends? He wants to glorify you in the midst of his friends. He wants to show you off as somebody with a personality like his. But if you don't have a personality like his, he will not. He will only do it in truth. 
So we're actually looking to get his personality in groups of people. And you can read in the Bible, like, his personality in groups of people is clear. He never rose up to the front. He never went up and took control. He never demanded people do things his way. He never tried to get authority. He has all authority. He made every single person he ever interacted with, and he let them tell him about him. That's what it means to take the lowest place. You're being tested right now in the earth, right now. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Those are wills. Those are definites. It's going to happen. You, you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. It's not like, I exalted myself because I should be exalted. He's like, no, I will make sure you're humbled. If you're like, I humbled myself, I wasn't sure. He's like, I'll make sure you, you get exalted. If you just take this in faith and humble yourself, where could you humble yourself in a wedding? Like, just imagine, like, who's, if somebody took the lowest place at the wedding, what, what would be, like, the most humble act for, like, which person taking that lowest place would you be like, wait a second, this wedding is messed up. If the groom went and took the lowest place, if the groom went from the head table and went to the back and sat down and was like, hey, go sit up there in the front. That's what Jesus did for you. He is God. He came to the lowest place in the lowest way for you. And he's saying, be like me. Do it like me. Do it like me. And all over the earth right now, I want to tell you something. The prayer movement is being sifted hard right now. And what people are doing, whether they realize it or not, they are trying to find their place in this sifting. You are trying to find your place in this shaking. I want to tell you, you really are. I know you are because he told me you are. And I know I am because he told me I am. You are trying to figure out, how does this work out the best for me? This world, what's going on? Noah's, Noah's was talking about it. Samantha was talking about it. There's trouble in the earth. I mean, there is prophetic end time. Sienna was talking about it. He's coming. And you're thinking, how's this going to shake out for me? And I want to tell you, that's, how, that's what shakes you out. That's what shakes you out. How's it going to shake out for him? He's the groom. He's the groom. Not how's it going to shake out for me. How's it going to shake out for him? He's the groom. Take the low place right now with your money, with your time, with your job, with your church, with your ministry, with where you're going to be forever. Take the low place right now, and he'll put you in the high place. But if right now you're like, how do I get to the best place for me to endure this time, have the most stuff, people see I'm faithful, that's about you, not about the groom. Is the wedding about you? No. It's about the groom. Item one, the wedding. The return of the Lord is the return of the groom. Over and over, the last days are likened to a wedding. Over and over, like se several parables likened to a wedding. Facets of the atmosphere of the event. So if we just picture where the wedding's going to happen, the venue, right? Facets of the atmosphere of the event are given so we could know when to focus and what to focus on. So God told us what this wedding's going to look like, how it's going to take place, where it's going to take place, and the events that would happen so we'd know, oh, heaven is setting a wedding scene, a wedding table. Heaven is decorating a wedding hall. And that is very specific to a, a very specific generation. Jesus said that generation, the one that sees this, won't pass until it's all done, okay? Luke 21, 20 to 28. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies... Does anyone see Jerusalem surrounded by armies right now? I do. <laughs> I mean, there are people that live in the city of Jerusalem that are afraid to go across town because there's so many people that hate them in one part of town. There's people that live on the edge, and they're like, we're on the front line. They are. Jerusalem is surrounded by armies right now. Surrounded. Then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. You'd be like, wait, he's going he's gonna to make sure he protects all the innocent. Is that what it says? Is anyone innocent? No. Take the low place. He'd be like, well, I've done all this stuff. I've prayed the prayers. I've done for 10 years. I'm safe. And he'd say... I'm going to point the sword at you. Those are my people who say the calamity will not overtake or confront us. will die by the sword. That's Amos 9. That's also talking about Jerusalem being surrounded by armies. Like the, the Bible is simple and consistent. You don't have to wonder, was that talking about that? It is. It is. It's all talking about the return of the king. And so if you're like, have this false confidence in what you've done for the Lord, take the low place. It's what he wants to do for you. 
He wants to do something for you. He wants to change your character so you can live with him in heaven forever. And right now, many people are trying to get their rights, trying to get more authority, trying to get more power, more control. And if you do that, he's testing you out. You're taking the high place when you should be taking the low place, giving up authority, giving up power, giving up control. If you are striving with people, you are the problem. Jesus didn't strive with anyone, though everyone wanted to kill him. He didn't strive with anyone. If you're striving against people, you're the striver. You don't have to be. You can come out of it. You can take the low place and say, you know what? You win. You win. God loves you. You win. And then you obey God. That's what Jesus did. Jesus could have stopped the cross. He didn't. Was it because he was weak? Was it because he wasn't a good leader? Why did he go to the cross if he's such a good leader? Because he's a good follower. (laughs) He's a good under the father follower. Did he never confront anyone? No, he confronted all kinds of people. But he took the low place every single time. Can you take the low place and confront truth? Can you? No, you can't. The answer is no. That's why we pray. Okay? This is what we should be praying for. Okay? Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And there is, I want to tell you right now, in Jerusalem, there is a great distress. Great distress. Right now. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive to all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, you might say, well, this is 70 AD. And it was. But the times of the Gentiles aren't fulfilled yet. The Gentiles are still ruling. That's going to happen until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There's a a coming siege of Jerusalem. We've talked about it probably about 150 times in this room. There is a coming siege. And right now, all the nations are sending armies all around the nation of Israel. God is going to lead them to make war against Jesus. When Jesus comes, the nations make war against Jesus. If you don't repent of taking the high place in all the facets of your life, you will fight Jesus thinking he's the bad guy. It's in the Bible. And this is because God is going to pour out strong delusion. He's already doing it. So if you look right now, if I would have told you a year ago, anti-Semitism is going to sweep across the globe in a way that's worse than World War II, you would have said to me, I don't see how that could happen. Do you see that it's happening right now? It's worse than World War II because it's almost every nation right now. And it's irrational. Like, it makes no sense. You're, you're seeing the setup for this war right now, right now. And you have to take the low place. So when you hear this, it's easy to be, okay, well, what do we do? Where do we go? Do you remember Noah when you were little? Where's Noah? Okay, when, I'm going to say it before he comes back. When Noah was little, if I caught him doing something he wasn't supposed to do, this is what he would do. Okay, what do I do? What do I do right? He is not like that anymore. He's totally chill now. But when he was a little kid, he wanted to please me. And if he knew he was caught doing something wrong, remember that? No, he'd be like, you just start moving, trying to do something right. Just start moving. Don't do that with this. Don't do that with this. Don't just start moving, trying to do something right. There's something very specific to do right, and this is what it is. Take the low place in your relationships. Take the low place with your spouse. Take the low place with your church family. Take the low place with people you lead with. Take the low place. And if you don't, you're out. You are literally out if you don't. And right now, the flesh is being incited by all the trouble to just take what it can to control. Don't do that. That is counting you out right now. Don't do it. Woe to those who are pregnant, and then they will fall by the edge of the sword, be led away captive to all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I believe the time of the Gentiles are going to be fulfilled in months, not years, personally. I personally think that there's something coming that's way different than you think eschatologically. I think the Lord's coming in a way like a thief, and that the nations are going to see it and then fight it, and most of the church is going to be with the nations because they'll be so confused because when God gives delusion, it is delusion. There's no way out. When God gives you delusion, that's not like the delusion when you delude yourself. When God gives delusion, it's potent. And he's looking for people that don't love love truth right now. Right now, he's looking for people that don't love truth. Now, I look at this room, and I remember when LightHop started. I was actually here when that happened. And this room was more full, but not a lot more full. And I say, we're right on track that it's getting smaller, and it should actually get smaller still. There are few who find it. The road is narrow. So you want to know, God, how do I get in the narrow road that few find? 
How do I get into the place where I love the truth? And the truth is this. There's no big crowd going into the end times together. According to the Bible, there's no big crowd doing that. There's only individuals trimming their lamp and coming out to meet him, and half of them are foolish and don't have what it takes. That's it. That's the story of the Bible. He says he has his winnowing fork in his hand. He's coming to thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. It's his, it's his group of people that are like, we want you. And he's like, let's see. That's happening right now. Let's see. Do you really want my personality or just, do you just want my rescue? Do you want my personality? Do you like it when people misunderstand you, mistreat you? Are you like, I'll take the low place on that one. Or are you like, wait a second, I want to let you know how wrong you are. If you're like me, I want to let people know how wrong they are. But we we have to grow up into taking the low place right now. And you have tons of context to do that. You can do that in so many places in your life. I hear the Lord saying, he's like, I've given you so much grace to take the low place by giving you so many people that you're striving with right now. There will be signs in the sun. Are there any signs in the sun right now? Are there any signs in the sun right now? There's two eclipses, 2023, 2024. They're going to crisscross, mark an X on North America. That's a sign in the sun. We should pay attention. 2017 was the last time. It just went one time across. Did you see what happened? 2017, 2018, 2019, bam, 2020. He told us what was going to happen. Get ready. North America, get ready. I want to tell you, what's happening in Israel is coming here. Because if you don't stand with Israel, you don't stand with God. And the whole world is like, you stand with Israel, you're evil. Right now, this isn't someday, this is Monday. Like, this is now. Right now. There's a choice to be made in Israel that's very real. And there's going to be a choice here that's very real. And right now, it's kind of warm-up games, practice rounds. You're watching it on the news. I'm telling you, it's going to come to your house. And it's violent. It's evil. It literally rips women's stomachs open, rips out babies, cuts off their heads, and drags them through town, and crowds cheer. That's a spirit in the earth right now. Do you know that? It's like 20 miles from where Sam and I live. It's coming here. Could you imagine that in Battle Creek? It's coming here. And the way you get ready for it is not to... Get to more prayer meetings to do what? To take the low place. To take the low place. When you're invited to a wedding, take the low place, okay? There'll be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations. Is that happening? Nations are distressed right now. With perplexity. It's hard to even know what's going on. So if I can't know what's going on, I'm just going to stick with what I know. Get a vision for life 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And he'll call that unfaithful because he's coming now. He's coming now. No, no writer in the New Testament was like, i got to get a vision for life 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and I'll work Jesus into that. That's called unfaithful. When you're invited to a wedding, take the low place. That's you taking the high place. This is about me, God. And when I can, I'm going to give you more of me, but I'm going to be about me. And he's like, take the low place. Take the low place. This is not about you. You live in the generation Jesus is returning to. And if you are unfaithful, caring about your own life when he's coming, he will cast you out for real. And you guys know so much about the Bible. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You've come to a room and prayed night and day for like seven and a half years. You're going to be held to a high standard. Take the low place. Take the low place. I can't say it enough. Your spirit just keeps saying it to me. Take the low place. And you know, he's not offended by dropping the Bible. All the people you read about in here, they never owned a Bible. They wrote the Bible. They never had one of these. They heard the Holy Spirit tell them, take the low place. We're blessed to have a Bible, but we're held accountable to have a Bible as well. Held accountable. This is not about us. Man's heart's failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. And we feel it, don't we, Noah? We feel it. Noah's just praying about it. This is a common feeling. This is good. That means your, your feelers are working right. But if your heart fails, is that good? Is that good for your body if your heart fails? You die. And he's talking about his body, right? So your heart is your mind, will, and emotions. It's the way you think. 
It's the way you feel in your will. If, you, if your heart dies, some part of his body dies. It's about his glory, not yours. And if you read that passage in the flesh, you're like, oh, man, I want to make sure my mind thinks right, my emotions are right, I just got to stay on track, stay aligned. That's not what that's about. That's about him. I want Jesus to get a witness in the earth that feels like he feels and thinks like he thinks. It's not about me surviving. It's about him being glorified. That's the low place. That's seeing the wedding rightly. But your flesh is fighting this. What I'm saying is your flesh is fighting this. You hear about things happening in Israel. I mean, I want to tell you, I've been saying publicly for over 10 years that God was going to send us to Israel in the last days when Jesus was about to return to help get the city of Jerusalem ready for his return. I've literally been saying it for 10 years. And so many people contacted us and called us to get out of there. That's dangerous. That's why we're there. It might be hard to believe, but Jesus is coming. He is coming right now. And you've got to take the low place or he will cast you out. And he won't feel bad about that. The father will not feel bad about that. He will not marry his son to arrogant, power-grabbing people. He will not. He refuses to. And I told, I, I felt like the Lord told me in December 31, 2022, the prayer movement was going to get sifted hard, and it would be much smaller at the end of the year than it was at the beginning. And I want to tell you that's happening right now. There's a reason for that. He wants a pure bride for his son, and that pure bride takes the low place. That's what she does. That's the point. She's like him. So we don't want our, Father, we don't want our hearts to fail for the sake of your son. We want to think like he thinks. We want to feel like he feels. We want to do what he does. For the expectation of things that are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. This, what I'm telling you is good news. You live in the one generation the earth has ever seen where the most people will become the most pure and spotless ever because of the pressure he allows and the spirit he pours out. There is a grace coming. There is a spirit that is going to get poured out. So the next thing on the agenda is the pouring out of the spirit. I guarantee it. It's the next thing on the agenda. It was prophesied actually December 31st. It's the next thing that's coming is the pouring out of the spirit. And what he's looking for right now is do you want one accord? Do you want what those disciples had in Acts 2 where they were all thinking about who's the greatest, who's the least, when you're going to start your kingdom, what's my place, what if I give up this house, what if I give up this wife, and Jesus is saying you're going to get a hundred more, and then they all went into the upper room, they're like, are you going to start it now? And he's like, no, wait for the promise of the Father from on high. And they did a Joel 2 prayer meeting, Joel 2. They rent their hearts, not their garments. They found out, oh my gosh, we're so arrogant. We're so not like Jesus. He told Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. And we don't even know what he's talking about. But now we get, oh, Peter's self-led, and now he's going to go where he doesn't want to go. And they came to one accord. They're like, we need the low place. And God poured out power on them, and thousands got saved in the city of Jerusalem. Thousands. You need power. When you look at what's going on in Gaza, you can't survive it. You can't survive just the wrangling, the political wrangling back and forth. You can't survive the murderous intent of people that hate Jews and hate Jesus. Intentionally, he set it up. Read Revelation. Revelation 13 says there's a war coming, and you're going to lose it on purpose. You need power. What power? The power to humble yourself. See, it's about his glory. Take the low place. Let the, let the enemy win. That's what Jeremiah prophesied to Jerusalem. Go out to Babylon. And they couldn't understand it. They're like, no, then the enemy would win. You are the enemy of God if you don't do it. You are the enemy of God because you won't take the low place. But if you take the low place, Jeremiah told Israel, if you'll do this, if you go over to the enemy, God will protect you. Nothing bad will happen to you. You'll actually plant, house or plant farms and vineyards and have houses there. He'll have to make sure you're okay. But they could not accept someone telling them what to do. They couldn't accept being a servant. They couldn't accept that the whole prayer movement that Israel is was about them being like God and not like man. They couldn't accept it. And so he wiped them all out. He's going to do it again unapologetically, because he's given you everything you need to take the low place. You've got the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. Are you gentle with the people you're striving with? Or are you angling and wrangling and calculating? If you are, you're like Hamas. 
That's what Hamas did for literally four years, a ceasefire, four years. They sent their kids into Israel to work. Israelites, Israelis, felt bad for the Gaza, and so they gave them jobs. And those kids made maps of their houses, where the stuff was, where the guns were, where the military outposts were, where the safe rooms were. They made maps. If you're angling and wrangling and calculating and trying to find out how you can make this work the best for you, you're like Hamas. You're terror. Because you're not like Jesus. You've got to take the low place. There's a spirit rising up on the earth, and it's sucking all arrogant flesh into it. And it thinks, that arrogant flesh thinks, I'm serving God because I love God, and I want him to save me, and I just want him to come because I'm tired of dealing with all this. That's evil. It's about his glory. It's about his glory. Take the low place. Without focus, many will be cast out of the first resurrection. The road is narrow and few find it. Matthew 7. I'm going to go just jump down to verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. Is that what you're doing? Is that what you're doing? What you want people to do to you, are you doing it also to them? Or are you like, people are doing this to me, so I'm going to do that to them. People are doing this awful thing to me, so I'm going to do this awful thing to them. That's what Israel's wrestling with right now. That's why the siege has to come. It breaks my heart. These are my friends. But the siege has to come because they want to fight fire with fire. They want to revile for reviling. But in in the nation, there is a remnant that is repenting. There's a remnant that's saying God is judging us severely because we were fighting within ourselves. There is a remnant. A remnant that doesn't know Yeshua yet, but they know Yeshua's father. There's a remnant. They don't need to be converted. They just need to see a witness of his son. And they notice it. When they see a witness of Yeshua, their hearts melt. Because they're like, you know my God. And I'm like, you know my God. We have the same God. It's brilliant. I mean, I was talking to my landlord. My, and Sam and I feel like, you know, the relationship we have with our landlord is very important. And he's an Orthodox Jewish person. And we're talking to him about the war, and he says this to us. He says, this is hard judgment, man. And we told him we knew that a war was coming because he couldn't understand why we were staying. He's like, all the tourists have left. Literally, all the tourists left. Sam and I are some of the only people that speak American English there that aren't Jewish. And he's like, why are you saying? We said, well, we knew a war was coming. We came to pray for Israel. And he said, we knew a war was coming too. He said, we've been fighting about stupid things, missing the point that this nation is a miracle. And he said, but what was broken and torn is being amended. That was literally the prophetic word I got in February for a war in October. He said, it's broken and torn, but it's being mended right now. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, God. So anyway, he he says to us, he says, you know, many people have come to this apartment, and they've been converted to Judaism. He said, it's happened several times. My brother, he's partnered with his brother. He said, my brother wants to turn into a year-long rental. But he's like, God's using this apartment to bring people to me. He says, I think God brought you to me. And Sam and I are thinking, we think God brought you to us. (laughs) But it's the same Hashem. It's the same name. It's the same God. He He did both of those things. It's beautiful. I mean, if you could see. What Sam and I are seeing in Israel, the church is changing literally daily before our eyes to become low-placed people. We heard that the church in Israel was so divided two years ago, pastors wouldn't meet with each other. And we just, before we left, we went to a meeting where all of the charismatic, faithful, messianic, spirit-filled believers, all the leaders met together and did a worship meeting and a repentance meeting in Jerusalem. That's what this is all about. It's happening. You might not know it. It's happening before your eyes right now. God is moving. And that's why he says, when you see Jerusalem by armies, surrounded by armies, no, these other things are happening. You have to know it by faith. You're not going to get a news report from every single church saying, hey, this is where we're repenting. This is where we're changing. You have to see the big things and be like, oh, it's happening there too. It needs to be happening here. Let's take the low place here. They're doing it there. You don't want them to beat you to it because the whole point is you're supposed to be a witness to them. And if you're late to the game, if you wait till it starts raining to build your ark, you're out. You're out. 
Take the low place. Right now, you've got a great context for it. Prayer room is a perfect context place. Take the low place. There is so much conflict in every single prayer room on the planet because that's where the enemy fights. Don't lose the war trying to win a battle. Don't lose the war trying to win a battle. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. If you want people to understand you, understand them. You want people to listen to you, listen to them. You want people to yield to you, yield to them. If you don't, you'll reap what you sow. And that's going to happen faster and faster and faster in the next few months. You're going to reap what you're sowing right now. Right now. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So if you go on your reactions, on your emotions, how you're feeling, this is the way I've always handled conflict, you're, out, you're on the wide road of destruction. Get in the narrow road of I've never handled conflict like this before. I've never let my enemies win before. Get into it right now. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. God is sifting a bride out of the ready and waiting church. The sifting is based on what are you ready for? What does it mean to be ready? What's it mean to be ready? It means to be sanctified. It means to be loved. Feel loved by God to the point where you can afford to let other people take all the stuff, win all the things. You don't have to have any rights. You're sanctified. You are loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, gentle, self-controlled because you know God loves me. I'm his favorite. I got nothing to lose if I just do what he says to do. That's ready. If you're like, man, if I give them that, that inch, they're going to take a foot. That's not ready. You're nothing like Jesus. If you're like, I got to keep this or else somebody's going to take it, that's not ready. That's nothing like Jesus. You have to be a person that yields like Jesus. So he's sifting out a reading, waiting church. What are you waiting for? The answer to these questions for those on the narrow road are, page two of the notes, there's two specific answers in the Bible. There's no other answers. There's no other ready, and there's no other thing you're waiting for, okay? You're ready to love or lay down your life for another. That's the way Jesus surmised it. He said, there's no greater love than this, to lay down your life for your friends. Is that what you're doing? No, that doesn't just mean your friends. It's easier actually to do this for friends than it is for your spouse that you live with all the time or your children or the people you're in close fellowship with the church. It's way easier to think, I'll lay down my life for those losers over there than the people that you know they're junk day in and day out, and they bug you and rub you, and you think, I know you're going to take from me if I give to you. You're supposed to be ready to love those closest to you, specifically Jesus, who's the most close. He's inside, right? And then you're waiting for opportunities to love the groom or lay down your life for him and those he rules over. So Jesus isn't just Jesus on the throne next to the Father. He's also Jesus in this room. He's Jesus, the people that have said yes to his leadership, and aren't quite mature yet. And the arm doesn't work right and the leg doesn't work right, but it's still his body. It's Jesus' body in the womb. It's in the embryo state. It's being born again. You're supposed to love Jesus. That's what the end times readiness is talking about. Ready by feeling loved to love, to overflow. You drink of the stream and living water comes out of your belly. And if that living water is not coming out of your belly, you're not drinking of the stream. That's your problem. You've got to feel loved and secured by God. You've got to feel like it's not what I'm doing. It's not what I've done. It's not my history of being faithful. It's that he's merciful, and he loves me, and I can run right back into him again. That's what Noah was just prophesying during worship. Like, don't put yourself on probation. Get right back into him right now. Drink the river that you need to overflow to the body. Take the low place. Take the low place. Your life is your body. So when it says lose your life, lay down your life, you got to know. That's your physical being. Are you willing to do the stuff nobody else wants to do? Are you willing to take your physical strength and serve? And do stuff nobody else wants to do? That's, that's dying to yourself. That's what he told Peter. He's like, Peter, do you love me? What did he want Peter to do in the Garden of Gethsemane? Pray. He wanted Peter to be humble and realize, I'm not impressed, Peter, with your declarations of how you love me. Get on your knees and pray with me for an hour. And Peter would not do that. He wouldn't die in his body. He literally wouldn't get on his knees and move his body where Jesus was and pray with him. Are you willing to die in your body? Lay down your life in your body. Your thoughts. Are you willing, even though you know something's right, to say, you know what, let's do it your way. Let's do it your way. As the Holy Spirit leads, let's do it your way. I'm looking for chances to be like Jesus. He let people that were wrong do all kinds of stuff around him. And he's like, okay. He also told the truth when people said wrong things, like he did both. But he, he actually decided 
I mean, Jesus could have come, killed everyone that didn't like him, and started a whole new creation. He, he made all of us. Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he just kill everybody wrong? Because the Father loves people. <laughs> the Father, for whatever reason, loves us. He loves people. He made, everybody he made, he made them to love them. And you might be like, the Hamas guy is terrible. Let's kill him. And, and they might need to actually die for legal reasons. But God still loves the Hamas guy. He made him. God loves you. He loves you. Like, we have to recognize that we don't die to Jesus very good. Because Jesus is surrounding us, and we don't die to each other very good. Right? Your body is your thoughts, your emotions. If somebody hurts your feelings, anybody hurt Jesus' feelings? What did he do when people hurt his feelings? He forgave them, but that was second. That was the second thing he did. What was the first thing he did? Talk to the father. Father. I mean, he did the same thing his father David did. Father. He went out by himself. He got so tired of people, he went out by himself. He looked at his disciples and he said, how long do I have to put up with you guys? Literally, that's in the Bible. He didn't just, like, forgive them. He went to the father. He's like, father, these people suck. And the father said, but I made them, son, and I love them, and so do you. I so love the world that I sent you. Do you know you're part of Jesus' body? God so loved the world that he sent you. If you're part of Jesus' body, God so loved the people that are so difficult, and he sent you. (laughs) And no one wants to die. No one wants to die. No one wants to lose. We live in the most selfish, apostate generation the earth has ever seen. No one wants to take the low place. It's for losers. It's for the weak. But Jesus is sifting out everyone who doesn't want the low place. There's few who are going to find it. Very, very few. This place is going to be smaller. It's going to be smaller. And it should be. And I think that's good. Jesus to get a pure bride. He would rather, he told me this morning, I'd rather have two or three gathered in my name than thousands worshiping at the altar of self. I'd rather have two or three gathered in my name than thousands saying, save us, God. If you're the son of God, save us. That's what the, the evil criminal on the cross next to Jesus said. And that guy, guaranteed you, did not go to paradise. But the one who took the low place says, I deserve this cross. I'm not even going to ask you to save me from all this trouble. Be glorified. Be glorified. When you're in your kingdom, I want to be one of those glorifying you. That's what he was saying. When you're in your kingdom, I want to be one of those glorifying you. That's what this stage is set for right now. The whole earth is set for a witness of people that say, it's not about me. It's about him. Be glorified, Lord. Be glorified. Your life is your dreams, your aspirations, your reputation, your resources, your responsibilities. When those elders are casting down crowns at the feet of Jesus, they're casting down their responsibilities. That's their kingdom. That's their dominion. And it's not, oh, I'm casting it down so that my life still works good. They're casting it down because they're like, I'm not worthy to run my own life. Be glorified. I take the low place. Everything I have came from you anyway. Everything I have came from him, right? Isn't that true for you? What are we hanging on to? When he's coming, what are we hanging on to? Now, you can hear this in the flesh, and you can think, this is what I'm going to do. (laughs) This is what I'm going to give you, Jesus. He doesn't want anything from you. He's trying to give you something. Oh, Lord, when am I going to learn to yield? When am I just going to yield and let you save me? When am I going to let you make me like you? When am I going to stop trying to win you a city, win you a kingdom, win you a family, win you a marriage, and just yield and take the low place and let you do whatever you're going to do with that faithful act? You know, Jesus just, he literally handed everything into the hands of the Father when he planted himself in the ground like a seed. He literally checked out in faith. He just went down to the ground. And the Father's so good is going to get the whole earth in all the worlds that were framed. The Father's so good. That one act of being like, that's it. I give up my spirit. 
That was the most faithful act the earth has ever seen. And the flesh would say, he quit. He had all the power. He could have made things right. Why would you let Hamas happen? Why did he let Hamas happen? Because he refuses to violate your free will. And if you're self-led and you're angling and you're wrangling, you're the same. You're the, he sees it the same. He says, you heard don't murder, but I said if you're angry with your brother, you murdered them. You've heard it say don't commit adultery, but I say if you looked and wanted, you've done it. He sees way different than we do. We judge by the flesh. He judges by the spirit. Is the spirit leading you to the low place, or are you taking the spirit and trying to elevate to the high place? If you are taking the spirit and trying to be better, more known, more impactful, I didn't learn this in a book. If you're doing that, that makes you human. But you have to mature in the spirit to be like him. Take the low place right now. There's grace. There is grace to sign up again for the low place right now. You know you're ready when you've abandoned the thoughts about saving your life and all the, your thoughts are on Jesus being glorified in your death. That's what Paul said to Timothy. He says, I, and when he wrote Philippians, he said, I have not apprehended. I do not think I've apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget what's behind me and I run my race. And he's talking about the resurrection. And then later he writes to Timothy, Timothy, I have obtained a crown. Do you know that you have the first resurrection? Do you know with certainty you have the first resurrection? The only way you can know it with certainty is he tells it to you. And you believe it in faith. And he's told you all the ways you haven't taken the low place. All the ways you could know. That thief on the cross took the low place next to him and got the first resurrection. I want to tell you he did. It wasn't, oh, okay, I need seven months program of, you know, repenting of these things. I probably need like 10 prayer meetings a week and then we'll. No, are you done fighting for your life and your rights and to get out of your trouble? When you're done fighting for your life, your rights, your provision and to get out of your trouble and you're like, Jesus, be glorified, whatever that means for me. I deserve whatever's going on with me. You be glorified. Then you found the low place and he will assure you of the first resurrection. If you don't have that assurance, then you have to be like Paul saying, this one thing I do, I forget what's behind me, and I run. you got little time to run this race. You have little time to get confidence from God that you are sealed. You have little time to get confidence from God that you have the crown. Little time. And he's pouring out delusion even right now. Look at the universities. The smartest places in the world are getting the most delusional right this second. It's going to go everywhere. Do you remember COVID? You guys remember COVID? Remember how facts, one day were facts, the next day they were totally wrong, and then the next day they were facts again? You remember how the whole earth was like... That was nothing compared to what's happening right now. Nothing. People are becoming rabidly anti-Semitic right now. And the earth is going to rise up and kill people that stand for what's right. And if you don't stand for what's right, you can't live forever. He says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. The only way you can survive this moment in time is to get power. The only way you can get power is to get in one accord. The only way you're going to get in one accord is to take the low place. And if it means five of you, it's worth it. You need power. Sam and I went to Yad Vashem. While we were in Israel, after the war broke out, people kept saying it's like the Holocaust. And Sam and I are like, I don't get it. How's it like the Holocaust? I guess we don't know that much about the Holocaust. We better go to Yad Vashem, which is probably the most depressing place on the planet. But we went there. We went there on a Friday. We went, on a Sunday. We went there on a Sunday. We were literally some of the only people walking through Yad Vashem because all the tourists had left. And it's not the kind of place you want to go. <laughs> like, though you want to go, it's very important. We're walking through it, and it's like there's... It takes you on this trail through the process of Hitler first uh, using propaganda to release anti-Semitism into Germany. And the way that, I mean, the whole nation, the whole uh, continent of Europe was kind of primed to accept this thinking. And the way that, you know, went from dealing with the Jewish problem to killing Jewish people to really brutalizing Jewish people. And Sam and I are walking through it and we're like, there's, there's literally no witness of God's hand in any of this. None. It's devoid of God. It's evil. It's like pure darkness. And the Lord just spoke to me. I looked at Sam and I said, we need power. We need power. We need power. They need power. They need a witness of power. What's coming is worse than World War II. 
They need power. That's what Psalm 118 says. It says, it's better to trust in God than in men. The nations, they surrounded me. They pushed me violently. They surrounded me like bees. But there was, there was help in the tents of the righteous. There was power in the tents of the righteous. There's a, there's a, a jealousy that's going to come to Israel from people walking in power. But to get in power, you have to be in one accord. To get in one accord, you have to take the low place. And you're running out of time. You're running out of time. Now, what I'm telling you, if you take the low place, he'll exalt you to the high place. And it won't be someday. He does it in real time because he wants everyone saved. Moses took the low place, and God raised him to the high place, and he delivered Israel. Do you know that? Do you know Moses? He took the low place. David, he took the low place. He had the spirit. He could have fought Saul. He could have killed Saul several times. He could have killed Saul at the very beginning. I mean, David plays the guitar. The demons left. He had spiritual authority. He had, he, I mean, he could have done so many things. He didn't do so many things. He took the low place. And God, in real time, raised him to the high place. People were cheering for David even while he was on the run. If you take the low place, God wants a witness in the earth of the safe place. The safe place. And if you want to be a part of that, it doesn't happen someday when that comes here. It happens today. You have a ton of places that you can take the low place right now. And if you don't, if you go about your business, he will see to it that you are put in the low place. And it won't be nearly as cool. You won't be exalted to the high place. You will stay. You will remain in the sad place, the desolate place, the powerless place. If you assert fleshy authority, if you wrangle and angle, he will make sure you have no power. He will see to it. And that's the last thing I want to read to you. It's noon. I want you to go to page three with me of the notes. There's a lot more in these notes. Paula was very prophetic when she said, I wish I had more time. Luke 14, 16 to 24. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper. Now, in context, that very first passage at the beginning, when you're invited to a wedding, this is the next thing, okay? So a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent a servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they with all, all with one accord. Now, this is not good one accord. This is bad one accord. And you can get in an echo chamber of other people and be like, well, that's what they're thinking. That's what I'm thinking. We're faithful people. I think we're okay. There's five of us. Yeah, there's five other ones that are saying something different. There's five of us. We're all, we all love Jesus. We're all waiting for him. There's five of us. Five fools, right? Five fools. I want to tell you, there's foolishness pouring out on the church right now. Foolishness. When you see all these things, lift up your head. He's coming. And so much of the church is just like, how do we make it through all this shaking? It's about him. It's not about you making it through all the shaking. It's about how, does he, how do we glorify him in all this shaking? Do you see the difference? How do we glorify him at IHOP? Or how do we make sure we make it through all the shaking? One is evil, one is right. How do we glorify God at LightHop? How do we glorify God in Jerusalem? How do we glorify God at Radiant? What are we doing? Is it about him or about us? Is it about our ministry or him? Because if your ministry is not about him, it's nothing. It's false. It's a lie. A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. All things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. First said, the first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground. A fool. A fool. This is, his ki- this is his fiefdom. This is his kingdom. You bought a piece of ground in my kingdom? You're not coming to my kid's wedding? I mean, the, I'm talking about uh, Matthew 22 as the king. You know, I'm, I'm equating these things. They all with one accord being in to make excuses. First said to him, I bought a piece of land and I must go see it. I ask that you have me excused. I feel good about it because I'm being polite. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask that you have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, master, it's done as you commanded. There's still room. Then the master said to the servant, go into the highways and hedges 
and compel them to come that my house may be filled. My, my son is worthy of a good party is what he's saying. For I say to you that none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper. He'll see to it if you don't take the low place that you are brought down to it. And he won't exalt you at the same time. But if you take the low place, he will exalt you to the high place at the very same time. It's the best way to live is what I mean. If you take the low place in your marriage, it takes all the pressure off of you winning, and it actually makes an opening for love to flow. If you take the low place in your church relationships, it takes all the pressure off of you winning, and it gets you back on track to the vision and the purpose of Jesus being glorified. If you take the low place at work, God is, he didn't make you to ruin your life. He made you to make it really, really good. It's just if you seek first the kingdom, all the rest is added. And if you seek the kingdom and something else, he makes sure you're going to find the low place. He sees to it on purpose. He doesn't want a bunch of people seeing that and being like, that's okay, that's acceptable. He'll see to it. So we want to actually right now spend time asking God, not, I knew that person that bugged me was doing that. How are we not taking the low place? You want that stand up with me? Tatum, you want to come back up? John the Baptist, he took the low place. His focus was on the glory of Jesus. He had no life but the one lived in God. John the Baptist had a lot of opportunity. He set it all aside, and Jesus himself testified, there's never been a man born of a woman greater than this guy. And he just took the low place. And when people started to take disciples from him, He's like, this is great. This is working. I'm a friend of the bridegroom. I was invited to this wedding. I'm taking the low place. Jesus exalted him to the high place. Right now, he's raising up witnesses all over the earth. Right now, Jesus is. But it's witnesses of the low place. If you're a witness of the high place, of the angling and the wrangling, then he's going to make sure to show your downfall. If you want the low place, let's just raise our hands to him. It starts inside. It starts with your dreams. It's not you and your wife or you and your husband. It's you and you. It's you and the Spirit. It's you and Jesus. Let's just ask him, God, am I like the evil thief that's like, if you're the Son of God, save me? Or am I like the one that got into the kingdom that says, I deserve this situation, God? Glorify yourself in it. Glorify yourself in my struggles. Glorify yourself in the people I'm striving with. Glorify yourself in my money. But I don't want to miss this. Just tell them, I don't want to miss this once in creation opportunity. You're coming like a thief. And I can see, I got a lot that I'm losing here. Take it. Just say, take it, God. Take it all. The reputation, the rights, the ministry, the reasons, the explanations, the hurt, the offense, take it all. Glorify your son, Father. Glorify your son. Glorify your son. Show me the next step down. Let's just tell them that together. Show me the next step down. On the count of three. One, two, three. Show me the next step down, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
today. Um, it was nice out, sunny, not too cloudy. Um, and I was just talking to the Lord and I heard him really clearly say, um, it's going to be a day a lot like today. God, I just ask um, that we wouldn't be caught off guard, Lord. And he was also telling me, because um, I've always had a hard time kind of reconciling the um, no one knows the day or the hour except for the Father. He's coming like a thief, um, but also telling us to watch, pray, and be ready, and that when we see these signs, um, that we can know that he's coming. It's always kind of confused me how it's both and. Um, and I just heard the Lord say, um, You're not ready when you know the day. You're ready when it doesn't matter anymore. That you're going to be talking to me no matter what. And I just, God, I want to be, I want to be found talking to you. When you split the sky, um, even if it's a day like today, Lord, and the sun is shining and everything seems to be okay, I want to be found talking to you. I want, um, I want to be at a point where the trouble doesn't matter anymore. I'm just talking to you anyway. If it's good, if it's bad, I want to be found talking to you. Um, I want to look up. And I want to say, oh, there you are. Like when, uh, when you walk into a room and your friends are there and they turn around and they're like, oh, we were just talking about you. That's how I want to be when you come back, Lord. I want to be, I was just talking to you. God, I just ask that I wouldn't be taken off guard, not because I know everything, God, not because I figured it all out, but because I'm just with you either way, God. God, I just ask that I would live a life yielded to you day in and day out, and I can't do it by myself. God, I need you. Please help me. In Jesus' name. with you Jesus 
Lord, you are the rock immovable, true, and yet you are um, so gentle, so kind, so lowly, and Lord, being both of these things is impossible, but by your Spirit. So would you pour out your Spirit? Lord, I want to be more like you. Steadfast, but yielded. steadfast and yielded, Lord. Um, God, I want to be the opposite of how I am right now. God, I am so sure of myself. I'm 